Today, we continue to learn how to price our service labor rates from Mr. Gary Ellis. Now, last week, Gary began the conversation around pricing your service labor rate. This week, he's going to finish that up. So if you haven't seen last week's episode, go back and watch it. It will all make more sense. For right now, let's listen to Mr. Gary Ellix. And so that leads us uh, to this fancy spreadsheet. So this is a tool. I'm going to push this out again if you're willing to join up and uh, conduct the free trial. You'll get a spreadsheet that looks like this. And what number one, the first step is, hey, how many techs do I have and how many hours are in the year capacity wise? So I've got 37,800 technician hours that are available inside of this company. That's the current technicians times 2,100 hours a year. That's strictly demand service. So we're not dealing with any other department. So if you shift guys in and around different departments, I get that. That's part of being a small business. Um, we're not interested in that. We're interested in only the hours that we would allocate towards our service business. That's where your departmental statements come into play. Your time card needs to be able to recognize demand service time versus maintenance time versus, hey, I'm out here helping out on a replacement or a plumber, uh, plumbing you know, job, et cetera. So if we use 37,000 hours and change, that's going to be about 18 technicians. So again, I noted that the W-2 wage, um, this is again, adaptable. So when you get the tool, you can punch in whatever wage you want, either your average wage or your highest paid tech. So $35 an hour is in that. And I used 45% efficiency. Um, why 45%? Well, because we're at 33 and our first metric, not KPI metric, which is a, you know, a milestone. We wanna climb the mountain, base camp one, base camp two, base camp three. We're looking to climb that mountain to 45%. Let's go from 33 to 45. Then we'll go from 45 to 50, 50 to 55, 55 to 60. And we'll keep working that process. Um, do I want to be at 80% tomorrow morning? Yeah, of course I do. I mean, that changes the business model into a profitable model tomorrow morning. But we have technician training on equipment, technician uh, material handling, you know, parts replenishment on the trucks, uh, dispatching procedures. There's just a, a, a slew of items in step 10, if you look down there, that have to be addressed that that company is not doing efficiently yet today. So you can't just change everything at once or people will freak out. So there's a game plan to go from 33 to 45. At 45%, that gives me step three, which is $77.78 is this company's effective wage rate to actually bill one hour. So I'm recognizing that 55% of my time is non-billable, 45% will become billable. So I got I actually have to wage out at 70, almost $78, basically, to get one billable hour. So the rate that I have to set at this particular point has to accomplish the idea of covering up the sins of the $78 cost of wage, which is basically a $35 at 45%. And it's going to have to cover up the $170 of overhead per you know, uh, call. So that's where we use step four as the KPI. That 22% labor to labor sales ratio, that's that red number, gets me a rate of $354. And so that company, you know, upon acquisition, was at about $150 an hour. And so, again, the efficiency is at 33%. If I change that number in that tool, um, this rate would have to be substantially higher. So where we're at is looking at, all right, I've got to be at least at $354 minimum. And then we bring up the point, well, 
you know, we want to promote club agreements. And so some companies will stop here and 354 is fine. But our company wants to promote club agreements. We're, we're trying to get people to stay sticky. Um, we're trying to create people to be happy about our maintenance club program. So we're willing to give a discount uh, on a service repair in order to get them an economic incentive to say, yes, I'll join your club. I don't, I'm not happy about this repair, but I'm willing to accept the idea that, you know, if you guys are going to maintenance it, um, I'll join. So we're willing to give a 20% discount. <clears throat> now you can change that discount rate to whatever you would like it to be. Personally, <clears throat> I think you want that to be as high as you can because that creates a economic feeling of, hey, I did well. You know, this company gave me a 20% discount uh, in order to join the club and the benefits of the club now have to maintain themselves uh, in order to keep people in the club later. But today it's relatively easy to get them to join. So step seven here is the conversion rate, 50%. That's the minimum threshold I would like to see people accept the club membership on a new call, on a new service call. So that means that step eight is you're giving away 10% of that rate of 354. So you are no longer at 354 unless you raise that rate, meaning that you're giving away 10% of 354, so you're not at the 22% marker KPI any longer. So we have to gross up 354 by 10%. So the formula in that tool basically is dividing by 0.9, which is 10% increase. So if you look at 354, it actually has to be 393 as the rate in this particular company in order to give away 20% discount to customers and only half the customers, 50% are going to uptake and say, yes, the other 50% are going to say, nope, don't want to join your club. You guys just fix it and move on. Uh, or worse yet, a DFO, which is a diagnostic fee only, which negatively impacts efficiency. We do not get the repair. So DFOs are kind of the devil for us. Um, we'll accept a certain percentage of those, but again, that's why efficiency is at 45% and not at hundred percent. Uh, and in our company in Sarasota, we have a DFO problem. Our, our, our technicians are not well enough trained yet to be able to convince the customer that the rates that we're charging um, are competitive and value-based. So, But it doesn't change the math. The math means we have to be at 394. So I would rather run 100 calls at 394 or $393 profitably than run 125 calls at $150 and lose money on each of those 125 calls. It doesn't make sense to do that. So being positioned at the price level is key. Know your costs, then create the wage, create the price. So in this case, 393 is where the company needs to be based on these set of variables. Your variables will be different. You should take the tool, plug, plug your variables in, play with it, and come up with a rate. So step 10 was established for my service management function. So part of that process is to look at uh, if we improve efficiency to the degree of 2% through dispatching procedures, we could be at 376, or we could keep the, the rate at 393 and the discounted rate at 354. And that, if to the right, the new billable hours and the profitability gets established. So we would actually gain profit if we improved efficiency 2% and maintain 393. So I would encourage you to improve efficiency and maintain the rate, but you can lower the rate. I mean, basically, if my rate has to be $900, the customers are probably not going to accept the prices I have to charge. Uh, 
So we can't always charge customers for our lack of efficiency because we're not necessarily running a, a quality service business, but there's a degree that market pricing is accepted. And so let's talk about what that looks like. <clears throat> okay. So I also want to uh, reinforce that parts costs have to be reviewed no less than monthly today. Um, historically, pre-COVID, before all this transition began establishing itself and um, what I'll call permanent whitewater, the need to review parts was really about twice a year. Um, as we move forward, you know, what I can tell you today is that we're looking at those on a monthly basis and we're asking our suppliers, you know, to give us better communication about what their parts cost changes are. We're essentially saying to them, unless you notify us about what changes are coming, we're not really going to pay the increase until we get notified. Uh, and so that's, you know, a little bit of conflict in the channel, but the reality is they're changing them so quickly uh, and they are getting changes quickly too. So I have some empathy for that but look at those on a monthly basis. And then I would suggest that those club conversion processes, you monitor that. So for example, our technicians were closing at about 20% and we did some training and the, the closure rates went up to about 50%. That changes the level of discount in this tool. So if I started off at 20%, and my conversion rate, that, that means 20% discount times 20% conversion rate is really only a 4% discount. The net effect in step eight is only 4%. But we started training the guys and they, they understood the club, they understood the benefits. Next thing you know, they're at 50%. So the discount has to increase. So the slide really is saying that each month, you know, as you do a review of your financials, you should be checking in to not only the cost of the wage and the cost of your the efficiency of the business, but also the conversion rate, that's a number you should track because you don't wanna be giving away the discount without raising those rates. And then update your labor rate, at least on a quarterly basis to this point. I'm looking at those on a monthly basis. Historically, pre-COVID, I only looked at those twice a year. I looked at once before the spring and once before the fall season, and that was sufficient. And today that is not going to make it. It's just not good enough. Um, so overhead is also an issue as gasoline prices, you know, expand, uh, depending on where you are. I mean, California is, you know, up over six, seven dollars a gallon. Uh, Texas is up over four dollars a gallon. You know, there's differences in terms of the cost. But the fact is, is that gas and oil and energy prices and inflation are rising at the moment. So our current inflation run rate is uh, is closer to 10 percent in the United States today. Uh, I don't have that number for Canada, so I apologize for that. But I can tell you that just looking at the financial numbers, that's where we are today. So you have to be looking at your budget to actual. Uh, that's a, a workshop type discussion where we have more time in class and you have your financials together. And we can say, well, what were your costs in 2021? What are they projecting in 2022? So your overhead per call is going up. That means your rate has to also go up. Uh, nobody loves price increases, but at the end of the day, you have to look at a price increase as an opportunity to increase your gross profit dollars. Um, you know, you you don't control the event. You do control your response to the event, and that creates the outcome. Uh, and then number four, the data, you know, being able to review your data monthly, I think, is key. So when you're talking through what's happening on your efficiency, when you're talking through what's happening on your productivity, when you're talking about what's happening on your conversion rates, that leads to number five, which is an adjustment to costs. 
And then last but not least is just the idea of market value. This, this one is worth spending just a little bit of talk time on. So perceived value in blue is equal to perceived benefits. That's the consumer's version of how they feel. You know, brand equals trust. How do I feel about the relationship? How do I feel about the technician? How do I feel about the company overall based on the idea that, you know, something has occurred? And that then gets equated against price. The denominator here is price. So that we're dividing by price. So the perceived value is, you know, the customer's perception of the overall experience. It's important to recognize in service, we're, we're, we're doing repairs, we're doing technical repairs, but the technician's ability to communicate and just the, even the CSRs, every business process that has led us to this place where we have the opportunity to do a repair is being evaluated by a consumer. So the perceived value um, is established at the consumer's mindset level. The perceived benefits are what we control. The green is what we control as a company. So working on your perceived benefits, meaning train the techs and understanding how it works, you know, some of our technicians are like, wow, we're going to be up at $424 an hour. You know, that's too expensive like that. We can't charge that. So the technician mindset is already not in a position that we would want it to be. So that's going to translate to the consumer. So we, we had to train our men to understand that, well, this is the cost associated with running a proper repair. This is the cost associated with being able to put inventory on the vehicles to train you to be able to make a profit. And so the education is important to create uh, technicians that believe in what you're doing so that the perceived value gets transferred to the consumer. So let's bring that into the market-based pricing. It's called elasticity. And so if you think about elasticity as a rubber band and stretching the rubber band, if you stretch it too far, it will break. Uh, but to say that it can't stretch a little bit from its homeostasis position, which is at rest, it's just resting, you can stretch the rubber band. That's the nature of elasticity. So pricing is something that we do, we use elasticity as a concept, meaning that we raise prices to cover our costs, number one, which is basically, you know, know your numbers, get your pricing correct. So 424 is currently the rate of where we are uh, from 150. We haven't lost a single customer based on price at this point. Not one single customer has said, oh my gosh, you guys are too expensive. You know, I'm going to call ABC. So what that tells us is we've stretched our rubber band and elasticity uh, enough that we have not snapped the rubber band. So elasticity demands, though, that we do what's called an A-B test, which is We'll raise the rates the next time to $430 an hour, and we'll see what happens relative to customer elasticity. Did we lose customers or did the customer accept the cost increase? And so we want to do that you know, with one tech, basically, so that we're testing what's going on in one area and not risking the entire customer base. This is a pricing concept as it relates to setting your labor rate. So you don't just set it and forget it. That's a that's a mischaracterization, you know, of how you want to run a company. You actually have to fly the airplane. So the instruments are the numbers and elasticity is one of those numbers. So we're going to go to 430 and then we're going to go to 435 and 440. And eventually we'll reach a point where the rubber band itself will become tighter or more taut. And when that occurs, we'll start realizing that that's the price that we have reached that is the perceived value in the marketplace for what we do as service. So too many contractors 
um, our th their thinking pattern is, I can't charge more money because I'll lose my customers. When in reality, um, your customers are just probably happy that you're there and your competency and your ability to talk to them and, and let them know what's going on is a huge benefit, in, especially in today's economic conditions, the permanent whitewater. So I just want to make sure that everybody understands that you need to continue to test and the perceived value and the perceived benefits are how we decide that. If when customers begin you know, telling us, um, hey, that price is, is too much, uh, and you begin experiencing DFOs, the DFO, the diagnostic fee only, is how we gauge that. When we see DFOs climb above 5%, we know we've reached a point of elasticity and then we can pull the pricing back to where we believe it is in our best interest. Awesome content right there, as always. Be sure to share this on Facebook. And if you're not a member, click the button below to get a 30-day free trial, giving you access to all of our amazing content. Well, that's our show for this week, folks. We'll see you soon. Until then, bye-bye for now.